Welcome to the Torah Journey Podcast. My name is Rabbi Ken Brodkin, and I've been a community rabbi for over 15 years. During that time, I've learned that the wisdom of Judaism is powerful, but it's not always easy to understand. Our weekly podcast will enrich your journey and give you practical advice about how to apply the wisdom of Judaism to your life. We'll offer you insights based on the Parsha, current events, the Jewish year, and more. This is the Torah Journey Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it's great to be back with you. Hanukkah Sameach, happy Hanukkah. As we start the Chag, perhaps it's appropriate to ask, do you believe in miracles? Do you believe in an almighty God who commanded us in the lighting of the Hanukkah candles? And for many of you out there, the answer is emphatically yes. On the other hand, for many modern Jews, the answer is no, or I don't know. And yet, Hanukkah is a time when Jews of all beliefs seek connection. For some, it's a desire to reconnect to our Jewish past or a sense of pride and Jewish triumph. Possibly we find ourselves spiritually searching amid all the non-Jewish holidays around us. My wife is a, a day school principal, and she finds families asking questions like, should we put Hanukkah lights in the house? Or how do we make Hanukkah come alive for the kids? And families are, are searching for a, a meaningful connection to the light of this mitzvah. Religion and spirituality, of course, are, are core components of life. Spirituality has major personal benefits. Being raised with spiritual beliefs has a, a lasting positive impact on mental health. And while atheism sows seeds of purposelessness, belief in Hashem points to deeper meaning as we navigate our challenging world. And the challenge is that an honest encounter with Hanukkah forces modern Jews to confront some very basic aspects of Jewish belief. How do people connect with Hanukkah if they question Jewish beliefs? And in today's podcast, I'd like to take a deeper look at Hanukkah. As we come to a better understanding of this time, we're going to discover two keys in in spiritual growth that are relevant for every searching Jew. Now, many people in our generation are disconnected from the message of Hanukkah. The New York Times recently ran an article by an individual who was, quote, saying goodbye to Hanukkah. And author Sarah Prager notes that as a child, her family lit the Hanukkah menorah as kind of a nod to her father's tradition. And she says, each of those eight nights, we'd recite the Hebrew prayer about God while lighting the menorah. We memorized the syllables and repeated them, but they had no meaning to us. Today, she says that she will not be, quote, dusting off her menorah to teach her daughters religious practices, which are, quote, empty to them. Now, given the the positive benefits of, of spirituality, some people have argued that, well, whatever your beliefs are, it's just beneficial to teach religion to your family. But I think that her her remarks actually remind us that sooner or later, children grow up. And children pick up on the deeper truth of what parents believe. They often build their life paths rooted in those childhood messages. And Prager's comments point to a prevalent disconnect between Jewish people, on the one hand, and a meaningful Jewish experience. A core message needed in our time is that Hanukkah is a deep spiritual experience. It's not just an opportunity for gifts and latkes. It's really an opportunity to reflect on our personal beliefs. The Gemara, the Talmud, and and Shabbos asks a basic question, what is Hanukkah? 
And the Talmud responds by recounting a well-known miracle. In the days of the Chashmanayim, the Hasmoneans, Greek forces overtook the, the base of Mikdash, the temple. And when the Jews were victorious, they only found one flask of pure oil with the seal of the Kohen Gadol, the high priest. And the Gemara says, when the house of the Chashmanayim were victorious, they checked and they only found one flask of oil with the seal of the high priest with enough oil to last for one day. A miracle occurred and they lit from it eight days. Lashana Acharis Kavaum Vasaum Yamim Tovim Bahalul Vahoda. At a later date, they established these days as days of Yom Tov with Halal and Hoda praise and thanksgiving. The Gemara, it would seem, is focused on this miracle of the oil. The Chag was established on that miracle. But on the other hand, if you read the Siddur, we find that the Hanukkah Tefillah, the liturgy, puts it differently. The, the Siddur says it was in the days of Matasyahu, the Chashmanai, and his sons, that the kingship of Yavan, Greece, stood against Israel to make them forget your Torah and compel Israel to stray from the laws of your will. And you, God, in your great mercy, you stood for them in the time of their distress. And the tefillah doesn't really mention anything about the miracle of the oil, other than the fact that the Jews reestablished the avoda, the temple service. But from the sitter, it would seem that the main thrust of this Chag is the miracle of the victory of the Chashmonayim in the war against the Greeks. Now, when we consider these two miracles, it really would seem to be the victory in battle over Greece, which is the essential story. That was the victory that led to the continuation of Jewish sovereignty and the rededication of the base of Mikdash, the temple. The burning of the oil was a far less consequence why then is the holiday of Hanukkah built around the menorah? And the Maharal of Prague, great 16th century rabbi, posits that while the battle in war was the main historic event, the miracle of the oil was central in a different way. The oil pointed more directly to Jewish convictions about God. As the oil emphasizes, the victory in war couldn't really just be attributed to Jewish ingenuity or home court advantage. It was rather the hand of Hashem. The Gemara comments that the Ner Hanukkah, the Hanukkah candle, is there for Pirsume Nisa. It's there to publicize the miracle. And so when we light the menorah, we're pointing towards the essence of our Amuna, our faith. We're pointing to the deeper and ultimate cause behind the battle and all miracles. In fact, the menorah is an incredibly important symbol that's, of course, predated uh, by Hanukkah in the temple. It was a symbol that touches upon the theme of, uh, an important theme of Judaism, which is light. And that's really apropos, considering that the rabbis associate Yavin Greece with the opposite force of darkness. According to the rabbis, there were four exiles, Bavel, Babylonia, Madai, Persia, Yavin Greece, and Edom, Rome. And these exiles are associated with confusion, emptiness, darkness, and void, respectively. It seems counterintuitive that Yavin Greece, of all exiles, is associated with darkness. I mean, wasn't Greece known for science and philosophy? Well, we'll get back to that. But before we do so, let's just think about this idea of light. Now, King Shlomo comments in Mishle, Ner mitzvah v'torah or, a candle is a lamp, and the Torah is light. Rashi explains that 
on the one hand, ner mitzvah, a mitzvah is a candle. A mitzvah is not a source of light. It comes from a source, just like a candle ultimately comes from the sun. But a mitzvah does illuminate for us as long as we're performing it. On the other hand, there is a source of light. And that's the Torah. Much like the sun above, the Torah continually shines light. So ner mitzvah of a Torah or, as long as you're engaged in a particular mitzvah, the mitzvah is a lamp that guides our way. But Torah or, learning Torah, is a source of light. Study of Torah shines light far beyond the moment of study in our lives. And this verse in Mishlei really builds upon a theme that Shlomo's father, David, discusses in Tehillim. Because in the 19th Psalm, David describes Hashemayim Mesaprim Kavod Kale, the heavens declare the glory of God. All the elements of creation speak about the Creator. But as King David continues on this, on this theme, he progresses from physical creation to the Torah. Torah's Hashem Tamima Meshivas Nafesh. The Torah of God is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of God is faithful, making the simple one wise. Mitzvah Hashem Bara Mi'iras Enayim. The command of God is clear, enlightening the eyes. David was able to perceive God through creation, but it was really the Torah and the mitzvah that truly illuminated his eyes, restoring his soul. And in this sense, the menorah, which is light, be it the menorah in the temple or the menorah in our days, the menorah represents the Torah. The menorah reflects a deeper light in the world, and critically, it was Yavin, Greece, known for darkness, that wanted to dis- extinguish that menorah. And while the Greeks didn't destroy to physically destroy us, they opposed the light of the Torah. The Maharal writes that Yavin was specifically and specially designed to oppose the Torah. The Torah is Torah Hashem Tamima Meshivas Nafesh, the perfect Torah of God that restores the soul. Greece, on the other hand, pervaded a much more human kind of wisdom. And they were opposed to, and they decreed against, Jewish transcendental wisdom, which they did not care for. As the Midrash comments, that when the Torah refers to Choshech, darkness in creation, this is Yavan, Greece, who darkened the eyes of Israel, saying to Israel, right on the horns of a bull, Ein lechem chelek beilokei Israel, you have no portion in the God of Israel. In this Midrash, the horns of bulls are suggestive of the sin of the golden calf. And so the rabbis are teaching us here that Greece had great skepticism about the Jewish people, about Torah, about our connection with God, and hence the opposition. But when we light the menorah, we, whether it was in the base of Mikdash or in the Jewish home today, our menorah affirms connection to an inner light of the world. For me, one of the most special times of the year is when we light the menorah in Shul and sing the stanzas of Maos Tzor. The community gathers together here at Kesser Israel and we sing. And just, just considering that song, it's amazing how many kings, kingdoms rose up in so many times to oppose us. And as I look around the shoal, there's so many people from so many backgrounds, converts, Holocaust survivors, native Oregonians, people of various beliefs. And here we are, a diverse community gathered together, singing in the flesh about Jewish survival and thriving. 
And this moment of singing Maos Tzor and lighting the candles is really one of our keys on Hanukkah. And that is the key of Ner Mitzvah, or the mitzvot that we perform. Our rabbis established Halal and Hodah, Thanksgiving on these days. And in contrast to Greek focus on human achievement, the Jewish people light Hanukkah candles to focus on the light of Hashem in the world. And that's something for all Jews to know. The Jewish people gave the world the gift of monotheism. Judaism offers a spiritual framework where even amid challenges, the world is not dark. Every mitzvah we perform brings a measure of light. Hanukkah is a deeply spiritual time of glowing light. And by lighting the menorah, saying brachos, and singing hallel, we're connecting to that Jewish message of proclaiming God's light. So one of our keys to spiritual growth is the nair, lighting a candle to shed some light on the world. Every mitzvah we do today and beyond is a nair. It's a shining light. But then there's another key, and that's the key of Torah or. When we do mitzvot, we fill our homes with the light in the moment. And when we dedicate ourselves to Torah study, we're connecting ourselves to the source. When I look around that room at Kesser Israel and ask, why we survive, so much of it is about the Torah study that we do. I think about the woman in the New York Times article who, quote, memorized the syllables of the Hanukkah blessings. And I thought, how unfortunate to go through the physical actions of a mitzvah observance without any connection to the inner light of Torah. We need to study the source. We need the knowledge if we really want to light the candle. If we want ourselves or our children to have a connection with Hanukkah, we need to consider our relationship with Torah wisdom. We all study Greek wisdom one way or another, which is man's understanding of the physical world. But then there's Jewish wisdom. When you study Mishle or Tehillim, Maharal or Gemara, you're looking at another deeper dimension. Torah literally creates a steady flow of Hashem's light. And so make sure to renew your study of Torah this Hanukkah. Find a lunch break or a time that you can make a Torah Seder with a family member or a friend, be it by phone or Zoom or in person. This is the greatest way to bring light into your life. And moreover, remember that wherever you are in your journey, we have two keys. Ner mitzvah, we have the light of the candle, every mitzvah we perform, and more, Torah or. The light of Torah study infuses our lives always. It's a light that shined in the days of the Maccabees and in ours. Thank you for joining us for the Torah Journey podcast. We'll be back next Thursday as we explore the life of Yosef and the brothers. Make sure to check out the Torah Journey podcast wherever podcasts can be found. Happy Hanukkah. Chag Sameach.